0: Hey, this is Kevin from Kevin's Barbecue Joints, and welcome to the Kevin's Barbecue Joints podcast. And this is Twenty One Questions with Evan Leroy. Hey, Evan, how you doing?
1: Doing great, thanks. Thanks for
0: having me on. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's been it's been a little while. I think. Yeah, we ha- was it has it been like five years or something like that, or too long, too long, <laughs> way too too, long. Too, Yeah, way too long. It actually wouldn't. We were trying to set this up. I didn't know. I'm sure you knew, but I didn't know about your new location. Uh, I this is the, the inaugural episode of Twenty One Questions with. Yeah. and so you're you're my first guest so we'll we'll see how how, how, this, how this works but uh yeah. i wanted to first off it, which is kind of like a couple questions in one but can you talk about the new location and then i have some sp- kind of follow-up questions about the new location but how long has this been in and i haven't listened to any other podcasts or read, read any mm-hmm. articles because i wanted to kind of be fresh with this so
1: sure
0: how did this happen
1: so we were really looking for the right space for a long, long time. This kind of didn't really drop in our laps, but we found this space through our landlord at the commissary. It was just the absolute perfect location. It was perfect timing. The space looks really good. The geographical location could not be more perfect. It's in South Austin and a completely underserved neighborhood. So we are just very, very, very excited about it. Funding came together really quickly and
0: Everything's just chugging along. Being South Austin, where how far away is that from your current location?
1: It's about two miles away. It's pretty close. I we were joking that our biggest like competition, uh, we'll probably be ourselves at the at the, at the food truck. <laughs> that's good. Um, <cool. laughs> there's there's actually Moreno Barbecue is really really close to the new place too. Oh okay. This is a little bit further south, kind of a growing neighborhood. Seven eight seven four five is the zip code. That's where I live. That's where I grew up. It means a lot to be in this part of South Austin to me. It's kind of like this still vestige of like old Austin, kind of not super developed, and it is. Really, in need of somewhere good to eat lunch and dinner, and we're excited to open up down there.
0: Wow. So, will it be a lunch and dinner place? Yep. Seven days a week or six days a week?
1: Seven days a week. Probably not at first. You know, we'll open a little slowly, you know, and then we'll kind of build it up to seven days, but yeah, seven days
0: and how far off is it
1: Pretty close we just sent out some bids to contractors and this was this building was being built as a restaurant so a lot of the um you know bones oh, that's... of it were done or were being finished when we were wrapping up the lease and stuff so really all we have to do is uh MEPs finishes and furniture you know equipment that's it
0: Do you have new pits being built for this
1: we have new pits, uh they're gonna be built. Yeah, there's gonna be a new thousand gallon, um, and then a new uh like double sized Chud box.
0: Oh, so this will all be from Chud, right? From Brad. Yeah, yep. That makes sense. Well is he, is he gonna be will he be popping in? I'm sure he'll pop in, but he doesn't he doesn't like Cause it's, it's weird. Cause I, 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 for a while, I wasn't sure if he was working at your spot, but he doesn't work with you guys anymore. Right. He's full-time on he
1: that. He doesn't pull any shifts. Uh, he does some content work with us. And that's kind of also coming to not an end, but that relationship is going to change a little bit now just cause he's so busy Yeah. and it's hard. And, you know, we're super busy too. And it's hard to kind of like line up a lot of schedules I think when we do some travel stuff, he'll still do content with us. We are still inexorably linked. Um yeah. you know, we are gonna be going to every festival together. We'll be doing travel and stuff around together. We're trying to pitch some shows and stuff too. So oh, yeah, cool. we I mean we live in the same neighborhood, we're like buddies, so we hang out all the time.
0: Oh, I didn't know you guys lived in the same neighborhood. Yeah, he's just uh, around the corner. So you're yeah. stuck, you're stuck with Brad. Yeah. Brad's stuck with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're stuck with him. Yeah. <laughs> and the new location from with the from what I glean it's the four of you guys, right? All your spouses? Like it's all the...
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the way it's always been. Uh, Lindsay, myself, and
0: and Nathan and Sawyer. That you had wanted to, at one time, open, like have a brewery connected or have some kind of thing. Is that something down the road that you want to do is have your own, brew your own beer?
1: That's something we're still pursuing. Uh, Nathan, Sawyer's husband, and one of the owners of the business is a brewer by trade, by education. He was educated in Germany as, as far as his brewing education goes, he's worked at every single uh, job as a in in the brewing industry or in in the you know as, as the as the manufacturing side of it. He basically built a lab at Austin Beer Works, uh, worked in the lab at Carbach before they got sold in Heiser Bush. So he's like a brewing scientist. Wow. And he's going to make some really incredible beers as soon as we, you know, get our act together over
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It would be like such a shame to waste that that ability and that knowledge. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: we, yeah, the plan is to open a brewery, but, uh, you know, we're working on this first restaurant first. So.
0: Yeah. And is this going to be a place like what's this, the seating capacity?
1: About 150 altogether. So it's got different uh, like sections we can activate. So it's got like a main dining room. Has like a big retail section where we'll be able to do pick up to go orders and like have some retail like meats, like cold packed stuff, Smart. lard, tallow, pickles, that kind of stuff. And then have some to go beer and wine, as well as our shirts, hats, rubs, sauces, you know, I'll probably have a stack of Chud chimneys
0: there and some other Chud stuff there, yeah.
1: private dining rooms, patio, like different kinds of sections to activate. So wow.
0: that will be cool. That's really cool. And then what's the whole thing about whole animal butchery? Is that I know it's kind of sort of been your mindset all along, but is that yeah. something that's going to come to fruition more at the new place?
1: Absolutely. That's that going to try to be the focus of the menu is chopped whole animal barbecue kind of main idea, like chopped beef, pulled pork, pulled lamb, and the lineup of sausages and chickens. And just like the idea is to not run out of those and then just have different specials every day that will be – uh
0: old location or the current location is going to stay open as well?
1: It is going to stay open. We are getting a new trailer for that It's just because the trailer, the truck right now is kind of at capacity. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we've got hundreds of people in line every weekend and we can't really serve everybody or as fast as we want to. So the new trailer is going to make service a little bit easier at the truck and allow us to kind of expand the menu and just fit with the new brick and mortar menu better too.
0: So are they going to have different menus or The same menus? The same
1: menu, but all the specials will be at the brick and mortar. So the truck will have like the standard menu. Then the brick and mortar will be where you go for your brisket on Saturdays and your beef cheeks on Fridays and whatever else every other day. Still do like burgers and stuff at the uh, truck or at the trailer, but most of the specials, like hopefully we can focus on sandwiches, tacos, kind of easier service stuff for the trailer.
0: It's kind of like an overflow. Will the will the hour still be like a Wednesday through Sunday at the truck? Do you think, or is that even? Uh, I don't know. Of you know that that's out, a right? good yeah.
1: question. That probably will depend on staffing. Um, but it would probably be a good idea for us to expand Monday Tuesday. That's ever yeah. we talked about.
0: Yeah, it'll be it'll it'll be interesting to see, especially too, because people know about that, and that's you know that's been the focus and especially with Texas right. monthly and all that it's is this new place going to be called something different or like a, a combo name or does this, they'll both something be
1: literally and lewis
0: barbecue south, south or something or
1: <laughs> no Leroy and lewis barbecue
0: <laughs> so if someone googles it they i guess it just could i guess they should if, if they know they know they're if they're gonna if they're looking for you they probably know a little bit about the fact that you're the brick and mortar or that you're yeah
1: a, i mean i think right? eventually we'll just have to change the google address to the brick and mortar i mean I honestly don't know how that stuff works. I've been thinking about it. Yeah, no, I don't know either. something we have to worry about for- Yeah, it's it's like, there's probably other stuff. Yeah, Yeah.
0: there's other things you probably have to worry about more. The Old Spot's a great location and that's a fun location to go to. And maybe maybe that'll take a little bit of the-
1: You know, people who want to seek us out and really want to come get our food will hopefully come to the brick and mortar. And then people who are just at Cosmic, like drinking or doing whatever, like there will always be people there. So there's no reason to move like the truck. Yeah. Um, so yeah.
0: When you gave me your list of books, you had mentioned um, Omnivore's Delight and The Third Plate. Mm-hmm. You mentioned. Can you talk about why those were integral to you? Or are they important to you?
1: Yeah, The Omnivore's Dilemma. Uh, what Dilemma. Yeah. <laughs> why did
0: I write Delighted? You must have <laughs> auto corrected that. Is <laughs> a, a
1: book by Michael Pollan. Um, that's a, just a really good book. You know, kind of hit me at a time when. It was, I think it's, gosh, it's probably over 10 years old at this point, probably 15 years old at this point. I read it when we were kind of, you know, coming up with the ideas for Leroy and Lewis and try, and, and the third plate, too. They're both really just about, uh, I mean, one's by Michael Paul and one's by Chef Dan Barber at um, a Blue. Blue Hill at Stone Barns. I would say Omnivore's Dilemma has this, you know, it just really goes into our food system and how people eat and kind of a Western diet in general and just kind of... Asking questions that, you know, a lot of people didn't ask before. Third plate, you know, Dan Barber is a very, very celebrated chef and focused a lot on sustainability and how, you know, raising agriculture, animals for agriculture can in fact give back to the land. And so Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff is, you know, stuff that we're very focused on. Sourcing is something we're very focused on at Leroy and Lewis. He would say it's our main focus. But one that doesn't get that much attention. Yeah, it doesn't.
0: I was always interested, and it's it's also too. I guess sort of in this interview, I want to kind of get to the heart of. I know we you've talked about, we've people have talked about like how you started, Leroy and Lewis. But it seems Mm -hmm. like there's also how you started, how you guys got together, has been discussed. But the methodology and your your mindset throughout Mm -hmm. might might not have been touched on, and so I'm 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 curious as to as to how and then. I've seen it recently, and I've never had it before, the bacon rib, and, and you even I think have a YouTube video, and I'll put a link to that below, yeah. but can you talk about that, talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, the bacon rib, so that came up. We were trying to think about different cuts we could make with, like, that we could cure, that we could bacon cure. We did a bacon chop in the very, very early days of the truck, and we cut pork chops out and bacon cured them and they were really good. We wanted to put a rib, like some kind of ribs on the menu because we didn't have ribs. And then I wanted to be able to say that, okay, if you come to the truck on a Saturday, like you can get our version of the Holy Trinity, brisket, ribs, and, you know, our sausage. So we wanted to do something with the rib, uh, but kind of keep the belly still attached and just like have this, you know, big, massive like presentation, like beef rib presentation. (laughs) like. Almost like pork belly burn end kind of like flavor, and it's just it's a spectacle. You know, we take it out there at least a pound. They're really fatty, salty, sweet. It's like everything, and then we kind of make a little funnel in the foil that we keep it in and pour all the juices back onto it. So it's, it's super super good. It's a whole you know rack of spare ribs with the belly on that we butcher from the pig and cure the whole slab like a slab of bacon we smoke it whole like a slab of bacon then we cut the ribs individually after it's been cooked once and then coat that in black pepper and brown sugar kind of like a bacon burn end and then um, you know recook it from there till it gets tender and then rest it overnight in maple syrup and that's it
0: ah so that's like a meal to itself right it's, I almost. mean, just one bite is
1: like <laughs> yeah, almost that's... too much. It's $40. The whole rib is $40, and it's not cheap, but like, <laughs> no, but it's, you know, we'll see people ordering two of them, and it's just like, dude, you are is not just... going to have fun later. <laughs> <laughs> just like, you can share. Because there's certain
0: bite. things that you're eating. Yeah. Like, if you're going to be doing like multiple stops or something, that's yeah. just not going to happen. Cause, right. Yeah. yeah it's, a, it's, a, there's some heavy things, especially that, that sounds, so delicious but also it sounds yeah. pretty heavy it's like it's almost something okay. that pairs great with a bunch of things absolutely yeah. yeah like you said like it's something for eight people to share or mm-hmm. for for big eaters to share along yeah. with their other stuff well that's okay. really cool i'm glad you explained it in detail because well, there's also i'll put a link below to your, to your video because yeah, it looks so it looks so interesting and it looks have you ever seen it before or did you ever see that cut before or uh like I'm just curious. You know, like, I did see. Did you come yeah, up
1: with so it? I saw the cut before we started to do it. I saw Ronnie Killen do that cut at like a, but oh. not cured. Just like belly on pork rib is what he called it. Okay. And I think they did it at Killens for a while.
0: Interesting. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's just it almost seems like a like a mix of a bunch of different styles. But yeah. it's, But with the maple, did you always have like was that in your mind that you were going to pair it with that, or is that just how do these how do these recipes come about? I know there's. And, I think you know,
1: about like, bacon. I think about something sweet. The first thing that comes to my mind is maple yeah. syrup. So yeah. Great. Yeah.
0: They do well together.
1: It's, you know, it's our Saturday morning thing. It's kind of like brunch item thing. So I'd then, love to serve it with like a stack of pancakes. Honestly, I think it'd be
0: so good. So good. Oh, like that's three a perfect
1: pancake shingled. And then like a bacon rib and the juices
0: on top. I think that'd be so yeah. Good. Couldn't you do that at your new place? Probably. You know. Should I dunno like this is like a random? If you ever do that, please send me a photo. Or if I do come, okay. <laughs> I could bring pancakes from like Kirby Lane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that just sounds like so because I used to because isn't is Kirby Lane somewhere kind of that like oh is that it's a little bit more north or something? Is that there's
1: one uh there's one on South Lamar, it's not too far away. South yeah. Lamar. Okay.
0: Do people get upset that you don't have brisket every day or weird about every
1: that or... fucking day, Kevin? every fucking day oh, i'm
0: sorry i bringing up a subject <laughs> so they never do you're saying they never get upset they're always understanding yeah, i
1: mean it's not really that they're upset they just uh i mean i'm sure they're upset but they don't act very upset they it's more of just like those come up to the window and just order brisket without even looking at the menu um and it's like <laughs> I understand why you do that, but I would never go to a restaurant and order without looking at the menu. Even if I've been there a million times, (laughs) I would just like confirm that what I want is there. Because even like even places that have a set menu, they change even places like McDonald's have a set menu. They change their menu all the time. And places, you know, fast food places change their menu.
0: That's just uh, why you place to change your menu like every two weeks.
1: Yeah, people ask about brisket a lot. Um, it's easy when we can give them the cheek, and they're just and we're just like, here you go, you know, here's something yeah. that's similar to it if you want it. But yeah, I don't know, dude. People want it, you know people have this idea of just like, oh, I, I'm i judging a barbecue place by this cut of brisket or I'm yeah. judging a barbecue place by their mac and cheese or I'm judging a barbecue place by their sweet tea. Or their banana pudding, uh, <laughs> And it's like, you know, you think inside this tiny little box and we're just trying to kind of like expand the box. Yeah. So if we can give people something that is like inarguably delicious, uh, that is not brisket every day uh, because that is in itself not sustainable, um Then, you know, that's that's kind of what we want to do.
0: That's why they're going to you. You're offering different things as opposed to.
1: I mean, a, a lot of people just don't want that, which is fine too. But
0: you know, there's there exists
1: a lot of other barbecue places for them to go to. So.
0: Yeah, and pretty close by. Like you could very probably, close by. Yeah. <laughs> you could probably figure it out. Um, yeah, I was
1: talking to Bo Moreno the other day. I was like, I went by his place, and I was like, Hey, dude, you know, we're gonna move down over a couple blocks away you know just want you to know you know plenty, no competition here there's plenty of room for everybody barbecue and i was like honestly a lot of people are going to come and we're not going to have what they want so we're going to send them over to yeah, you like, yeah okay. that's, he's
0: like yeah please do that's awesome yeah, he seems like a really nice guy too
1: yeah good good guy yeah. really good food
0: and he'll have bur- burgers a lot Does doesn't he do burgers or something? Yeah.
1: yeah i just had one of their burgers when i was over there it was it was really
0: good. Really good. Yeah, that's cool. A lot of people might not know that much about Sawyer. Could you tell us about Sawyer or what people what we might not know about her?
1: Yeah, actually, this is the one I did have an answer for. Something people might not know about Sawyer. Uh, she's a fantastic mother. She just, uh, uh, you know, she just had a baby. Like nine, uh, eight or nine months ago. Uh, Beckett, he's just a sweet, sweet little boy. Her and Nathan are doing an excellent job. So knowing Sawyer from an outside perspective, she's kind of like this badass, you know, boss lady, always on top of everything. Yeah. But from an inside, like inside Leroy and Lewis perspective, she's very concerned about everybody on our staff all the time she's very motherly to the people that we you know the young people that we employ so that was not necessarily surprising to anybody that we know and like in with our staff to other people you know that might be some i mean i don't know why you wouldn't think she would be an amazing mother she's, yeah. she's awesome but yeah she's just she's such a good mom and mother's day coming up her first one. Oh, that's exciting, exciting.
0: that's um, got to be really exciting for her for yeah. them it's like that's yeah. a big deal that's a cool name too beckett i like that
1: yeah, he's he's a sweet boy. I
0: don't think I've ever asked you, who's had the most influence on you barbecue-wise?
1: So uh, this place I used to work at in, uh, in Austin, I would say has had some of the biggest influence on me. It's called Hudson's on the Bend. And it was a like fine dining, wild game restaurant. And it was really, it's everything from the food to like the kitchen atmosphere, to the service. They had incredible, impeccable, very attentive service. The smokehouse was like this tin shack that had like a metro rack on one side and then like a fire in the corner on the other one. So you would have to just like, like literally go into the smoker to like put a rack of duck breasts or a big prime rib or a big strip loin or something on these racks. That and like then
0: Iceland or something
1: Yeah. And then they, you know, cooked with really interesting flavors and just like a lot of kind of locality as far as Mexican food, German influence, stuff like that, too. And a lot of it was like elk backstrap or like a pheasant tamale or just like really super interesting stuff, you know, high level, but also just like really comforting and
0: delicious
1: and playful.
0: And that place doesn't exist now? Sadly, no. Uh, did you leave because it was closing or did you just move on and then
1: no it was open for I mean it was very popular I think in the late 90s uh, early 2000s it was one of the best restaurants in town at that time you know in a time when Austin was not really known for being a food mecca you know all we really had here was Tex-Mex yeah you know uh, before you know, kind of early 2000s when people like Bryce Gilmore started doing farm to table stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hudson's on the Bend was one of like the original, very good high level restaurants in town. I worked there when I was going to culinary school here in Austin in uh, 2009.
0: Wow, I could see how that could shape you definitely and make it change, change the way that you think about food and presentation. All right. That's cool. Thank you. What's something that people think about you that is not correct?
1: I would say that, you know, we're all still fake it till We make it mindset. You know, we're all still scrambling just as much as people who
0: are kind of just starting up. But the fact that people might think, you know, everything when. Yeah. Yeah. We
1: may look like we have it all together, but you know, there's still a lot of like jerry-rigged stuff and just like, you know, you know, kind of leftover things from the very early parts of our restaurant that we just did. Cause that's, you know, what we, all we could do at that point. But now with resources and people, it's like kind of slowly trying to fix and just get better
0: every day. And well, you're still making mistakes and there's still, Yeah, there's never a
1: point when you have it all like figured out
0: your aha barbecue moment,
1: you know, for a lot of people, they're like, you know, they try that first piece of beef rib and it changes mm-hmm. their life or they'll try that first piece of brisket and it changes their life. For me, barbecue was always like, it was ubiquitous, right? So I never had a piece of barbecue that like changed my life in the way that, you know, it's like, oh, I have to dedicate my life to barbecue now. Yeah. It's like, I, had, I made a rack of ribs when I was at Hill Country in New York. That really kind of made me like question why other people it was I kind of ate two things around the same time at that place. It really made me question why why isn't anybody doing stuff differently? Why isn't anybody cooking different meats? And one of them was like a rack of ribs I made with like an orange marmalade and like fennel seed. So it's like <laughs> really interesting and different, yeah. kind of Italian-ish flavored. And they were really, really good. And then another one was a uh, chopped brisket sandwich with some kimchi on it which is you know we serve uh, that to this day uh, we had a guy who worked there who was korean and he brought in some of his mom's kimchi and we just made a sandwich and it was oh, like, that's oh, this perfect is,
0: this is it yeah. yeah hill country was serving just the standard meat market style yeah right? and they still yeah they still do yeah mm-hmm. but that kind of made you realize you could Combine yeah. other things and kind of go off, yeah. go go off menu if it was your own place or even your house or something. But it was exactly
1: so it was an aha moment in like the same way that Leroy and Lewis is different. You
0: know, it was a different moment. But yeah. Yeah. Did you think that you'd open a barbecue place someday or did you think that you would open a fine dining restaurant? Like, what did you Way back
1: then, I was thinking I would open a Tex-Mex barbecue place because uh, okay. that's those are the two foods that I love the most. I got to town and Valentina's did it already. <laughs> so, yeah. I uh, guess so. then we were, you know, then I was like, okay, later once we have a little bit more experience, we'll kind of open this like, you know, place that you know sources really well and does interesting, you know, barbecue kind of the way I want to do it. And nobody was doing that, and we decided that we could go for it.
0: And you went straight from Freedman's to opening this, right? That's right.
1: In the middle, I worked at Salt in Time for a little bit, like while we were getting the oh, truck okay. together, but yeah.
0: We, you and I had talked off camera and like talked like a couple years ago or a year ago about trying to put together some kind of Freedman's reunion because there's a lot of people that either work mm-hmm. with you or work under you or came through Freedman's and they're all at different places. Why was that place so special?
1: You know, that's a good question. I think that it was two things. I think it was a timing issue where... There were a lot of, like, barbecue was really, it was like a freight train gaining a lot of popularity, gaining a lot of steam. There were a lot of people who were really interested in cooking barbecue at the time and just wanting to learn, a lot of young people. And then it was just kind of, I don't know, like, why I am good at putting, like, teams together or, like, you know, figuring out, I I don't know what, like, it is, but... I kind of really just like to find people who are just really kind of driven themselves, you know, really themselves like excited about food excited about barbecue and kind of you know, nurture that and really kind of give them the opportunities to take leadership and put them in uncomfortable situations and, you know, kind of let them do a little bit of figuring out by themselves. It was also, you know, Friedman's was plagued with financial issues. Those, like the owners had literally no clue what they were doing. So the people that stuck around, stuck around through multiple missed and bounced paychecks like it was not a good situation over there so like the people who were there were really there to learn and to cook and believed in the food so those are you know the type of people that were there myself Christopher Brad Joel uh Lane and Jalen you know they're all extremely driven people who can kind of see a larger picture through you know kind of Current, uh, or you know, whatever obstacle
0: is in front of them. And you even said the periphery staff, they were special people too. It wasn't just, it was like, they all yeah. had to stick in with this. Yeah. yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. I mean, a lot of really talented bartenders went through there. You know, a lot of the people who we know in the industry, front of house wise, who are doing a lot of really cool things right now. You know, that's crazy. The world. There are people like Mallory and Bjorn and Jade and Brandon and, you know, like so many people there that I know in the industry now in Austin uh, that are doing really well. Uh, We met for the first time at Friedman's.
0: It's interesting when a place like that exists. And I think a lot of people hear about it or they'll hear so-and-so had worked there and then they kind of eventually start to connect things, go that it It was, Evan was there too. And Chris and Brett I think that people are quite like wondering what this kind of almost mythical thing, could because it's like, why did this one place that doesn't exist now bring all these people together? But it was just, and it's all happenstance. It's kind of like, timing things have to work at the right time and do you yeah. so then when you're interviewing someone because that was kind of like i wanted to kind of get, get to that too with your new place you're looking for passion too
1: i would say you have to be passionate humble really hardworking, and willing to learn what made joe stand out joe yeah. i wanted to hire joe when i met him but we just weren't it wasn't right you know he just uh i don't know you you meet somebody and they just the the way that he laid it all out you know you've read a good cover letter before like you know yeah. what a good cover letter is the question is why do you want to work here and it was just like he just he just made a good case for himself he's like you know i'm a teacher I'm really interested in barbecue i'm moving my entire life down to texas to learn how to cook barbecue you know which we've had multiple people of of that, you know, uproot their lives and come to work with us. Uh, so that's a that's also a huge, huge. Um, you know, it's like if somebody does that, then, well, like they really want to be here. So
0: like, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm
1: gonna, I'm gonna like make sure Give
0: that the chance are, or...
1: you know, that they feel very comfortable about making that decision. Uh, and we'll do everything we possibly can to, you know, you know, have a little community here for them, and um, you know, make sure they feel welcomed and at home.
0: Yeah, it seems like you guys have always had, at least from the outside, a staff that seems happy and like enjoys themselves and enjoys what they're doing. Like I think that's, you know, in the end, like we're just trying to get through life. It's all we're just all just yeah. trying to make it and trying to do something that we enjoy and you know, hopefully it gives other people pleasure.
1: Yeah, I can truly say that, you know, every person we've had on staff at Leroy and Lewis is like close friend and like ev- wow. like everybody is just super super cool.
0: That's awesome. That's really cool. What's your favorite barbecue joint that's not in Texas? Is there not one in Texas? <laughs>
1: so, the ones that I've really liked that stand out right away. Yeah. Moose, of course, Matt's barbecue in Portland, Ricewood in Ann Arbor uh hometown barbecue buxton hall and i would say the last one is probably tropical smokehouse have you heard of that one
0: yeah i've, I've been kind he's of going gone. back and forth with him about it
1: Talk- they bring a little bit of florida into it which i like you know florida is one of my favorite places in the world so i've always also thought that fish deserves a place on the barbecue menu um he's been making some gator sausage too rick is the guy that oh, owns cool. there rick, rick mace is the pitmaster there
0: and haven't they had some events or some collabs down there i think some people have done some stuff
1: yeah john bates and uh hector from, hector Palmeira. from Palmeira. i think they went down there a few other people yeah
0: what's your favorite restaurant in austin
1: any restaurant yes
0: yeah. any or, could uh, be like ever... bare bones whatever
1: my favorite restaurant in austin is olame it's always been olame it's hands down it's just very fine dining southern food i've had some of the best meals of my life there
0: gotta be Ola May. so it's southern it's, uh, it's southern like. Mm-hmm. High end southern food? Like what would you do? High end southern food sourced
1: really well, excellent drinks, impeccable service. It's just it's fine dining, but it's like in this like little cottage kind of looking building. Yeah, I
0: think it's like a white cottage or a yeah. 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 So like what's your, your favorite Mexican place? Like this kind of like this go into is there a Mexican joint that you like or any kind of
1: Yeah, Matzel Rancho.
0: Matzel Rancho? That's it. All right, where's that at? It's on South Lamar.
1: It's uh, been there for a long, long time. It's got one of the. It's. I mean, they serve so many people. It's just. It's like it's an institution, man. They got the Bob Armstrong dip. They got the Osadero tacos. It's, it's good.
0: What's the Bob Armstrong dip?
1: It's uh queso. with a bunch of ground beef and guacamole uh, and stuff in it. But it's like that's just good queso. We just don't have <laughs> like.
0: I don't know why that never came. To california like it never like other than like in a chain but it, it's never there's never there's easy. not a lot of like there's not really good tex-mex in california or at least <laughs> in los angeles i don't think i, think I don't know it's just weird like you would think that that would that's easy to bring right you got these to translate here I, uh, yeah i guess it's not as sexy as, as brisket and sausage or whatever, <laughs> right?
1: some of the best places that i just named you know kind of blend the you know whatever they are doing in that region mm-hmm. with texas barbecue like hometown like that is a perfect new york barbecue restaurant because you've got flavors from all over brooklyn and every all the different cultures that like there and you know tropical smokehouse kind of has the same thing with gator sausage and fish and uh plantains and maduros on the menu and stuff you know but then you've got a place like matt's barbecue tacos you know where it's kind of like taking something that, you know, was, you know, barbecue tacos in Texas is not necessarily very traditional, but it's kind of something that was a little bit newer. And it was kind of a no-brainer for him up there to just like open another one and just start stuffing tortillas with it.
0: What motivates you? What keeps you going?
1: A lot of different things. I would say mostly it's just, you know, I feel like we have so much more to say and so much more to do in barbecue. I've said for a long time that I want to be able to make money in barbecue in every way possible. And that means, you know, restaurants, rubs, sauces, events, books, TV shows, education, like every single aspect. We have a very unique perspective in barbecue. And I think that can be translated to all these different kind of Ancillary income streams Mm -hmm. that are uh, involved in barbecue. So, until we have a strong foothold in every single one of them, you know, that is what I think motivates me just to continue growing this business, teaching people. Really, the goal uh, with Roy and Lewis was to try to be influential, you know, it's not to be the best at anything because the best of anything is always subjective. Yeah. But if we can influence people to cook in a certain way or to think about barbecue in a different way, the more people we can reach, um, you know, with this kind of proselytization, uh, that's, that's what we want to do.
0: Will the new location give you the opportunity to change how you teach? Like, well, that, are you going to have a teaching center there almost?
1: Yeah, we'll have a, uh, the retail section. We can kind of close off to do our classes the kind of to go pickup space will be like really well lit for doing kind of different, you know, shooting stuff there, filming for our Perfect. Patreon and YouTube. So, yeah, for sure.
0: I think that's what excites you is like knowing that you're doing all these things and there's things down the road where mm-hmm. other people are probably satisfied with getting to a certain level and doing a certain thing, just that. So, that's so you, so that's the kind of your, the way your mind works is you like to have projects going. Exactly. This is, so that's why this is probably a fun time for you right now.
1: You know, we can, yeah, we're about to start kind of testing a lot of different stuff with the upcoming events this summer. We're going to do a lot of testing.
0: This is kind of the season, right? It's starting to come in to, mm-hmm. to play and then you'll be going to Windy City, right? Is that?
1: Yeah, we will be going to Windy City. We're actually taking Mama Fried to Windy City as well this year. So we're excited uh, about that.
0: Can you explain that?
1: Mama Fried? Yeah. So that's our second food truck. It is at the Armadillo Den. It is a French fry focused truck. So we basically, you know, take extra stuff that we have that we produce from our barbacoa scraps. So that's cooked barbacoa and chili. And we do fries with that stuff on top, chili cheese fries, barbacoa nacho fries. And we've also started to do like some smoked and fried wings over there. So it's kind of uh, like a more fun, playful expression of kind of what we do. And that has been really, really good for festivals so we've done acl we did the two-step in festival which was a country music festival here and it's it's been really really fun and lucrative in that kind of volume setting because Leroy and lewis is hard to do a ton of volume it's hard to do like for thousands and thousands of people um yeah yeah. festival but you know french fries they come frozen in a bag and you just (laughs) drop them and you put this already cooked stuff on top and they it tastes delicious
0: Oh, that's so, yeah. French fries are just the best. Where's the Armadillo Den? Is that?
1: Yeah, where? it's on South Manchac. So it is like our commissary is kind of in the middle of the two trucks. Mm-hmm. So it's like south of Slaughter Lane off of uh,
0: Manchac. Is it a place that's open daily or is it only open when that place is open? Or
1: Yeah, it's open every day. Uh, so Mama Fried is not open every day, but the Armadillo Den is open every day. Uh, it's a really big outdoor bar sports bar uh really really cool place really one of my favorite places to hang out in town
0: oh wow i don't know why i didn't know about that is that yeah. but it, so what day is this mama fried open Mama fried's open wednesday to sunday okay okay cool yeah. but is this the first time you're taking them you said on the road for the festivals
1: uh yeah yeah this will be the first time that Mama's ever left i guess the
0: central texas area yeah how did you guys come up with the name
1: Oh, we were thinking about it for a while, but it kind of like it's inspired by like we call them out like Outlaw Fries is like the branding of it. So mm-hmm. like Outlaw Country, Outlaw Fries, you know, it should be very representative of like old school Texas, like boots and football and whiskey shots, and that's kind of like inspiration behind it. So Mama tried the song Mama Fried, just okay, fit. That
0: does fit. Okay, that that's why it sounded yeah. kind of familiar. What's your <laughs> ideal? Leroy and Lewis platter right now, if you're putting something together and it could be for multiple days, I guess, or just, what would you be? What would be the ideal thing for you?
1: So I always recommend this with our lines gotten so long that we have to go out and talk to like everybody in line now and just be like, okay, you're going to wait this long and this is what we have left. And Oh, wow. It is like that. So I'd recommend things to people all the time. So we first open up if there's two people coming and you, we first open up and everything's available. What I would recommend somebody get is a two meat plate and a burger cut in half. So a two meat plate would okay. be cheek and hog with Frito pie and kale slaw. And then you got to get a burger and cut it in half. But if it was me personally, I think I would do frito pie and chori papas or maybe slaw and chori papas chori papas are a new side it's like beef yeah. chorizo and potatoes mixed together really oh. really good honestly i don't know i can't i can't do a plate without the frito pie it's my favorite thing on the menu so it'd be frito pie and then the slaw and it have to be cheek and yeah it's yeah probably cheek hog frito pie kale slaw and a burger
0: you have hog every day yeah hog every day and you have frito pie every day right mhm you can make that every day and cheek every day right mm mm-hmm. mhm Oh, hamburgers, so every at yeah. hamburgers every day. And hamburgers every day. when did you guys start doing the hamburgers? Right?
1: Started doing that when Brad came on. Uh, so that was twenty eighteen. Uh, dinner item at first, and then
0: uh, we started doing them more often, a little bit later than that. Yeah. Was the, the market stuff that you did during COVID, was that successful? That was... No,
1: people just really wanted to come and
0: get like food to go. And yeah. so
1: we started to do some market stuff, some raw stuff, some meal kit stuff. And then people just wanted our food.
0: So we just like in to bulk there. to go like a bunch of stuff, right? Not like... even that.
1: They just wanted to two meat plate and they would come and get <laughs> really? two meat and then go home. Oh, okay. I don't know if we talked about that. We moved the truck into the parking lot and set up like. Cones, so people could drive through, and then we, you know, had our menu on like a big sign that people could read, and we would stand far away, and they would tell us their like shout their order out the window. Yeah um and then you know write it down make it and then they go park and pop the trunk and we put it in there so
0: what a weird thing too when people are putting stuff in trunks like i remember yeah i was at moose one day like when they were doing that it was just such a it was so strange that that was something that we had to do is like put food in people's trunk and stuff
1: yeah and it's like you look back and it's like i don't even know man. i don't think that was (laughs)
0: it
1: it was completely like Everything was
0: backwards. (laughs) What advice would you give to someone? And this is something that I was going to send email out one time to restaurants and stuff. What advice would you give to someone opening a barbecue joint or what would be something that you wish you could have told your, your early self about?
1: You know, people come at the restaurant industry from a lot of different perspectives. So it would almost be like an individual kind of base thing, but my best advice would be that one person cannot do everything, right? If you are the business side person, then you got to find somebody who can cook the food to perfection. Mm-hmm. If you are that person, then you need to find somebody who can watch the books, pay the bills, like do all that stuff, you know, and you also need to have people who are really good at service or just organization. Uh, there's a lot more to it than just cooking good barbecue. It's like, if yeah. you think you can open a restaurant just because you can cook good barbecue? Like, there's a lot of restaurants that are open that don't even cook good barbecue yeah. <laughs> that are like successful because the money works because yeah, the because yeah. in, the income and, you know,
0: yeah, they're good works. business people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
1: yeah, if you're opening a restaurant, you have to know that it's a business and it has to work yeah. in that way. Yeah, there's also a lot of people who just, you know, their end goal is mm. opening a restaurant and then it's like, dude, that's... Like you don't want to be like just cooking the rest of your life. Like that it's not, that's going to be a hard, hard life. So, I mean, I'm in ways trying to get out of the kitchen and out of the pit room mm-hmm. uh, more and more. I think we've kind
0: of covered it. I was going to ask you what your definition of success is.
1: Success is, uh, success is balance, right? You, you know, balancing Your home life and your work life, Mm -hmm. balancing what you take home versus what the, you know, how well the restaurant does you know, making sure that your staff has a good balance of work and home. I think just balance, trying, trying to yeah. trying to find balance, because I feel like a lot of people don't have that. Certainly in the restaurant industry, a lot of people don't have that. Do
0: you meditate at all or do?
1: I do some yoga. Uh, so I do, so, you know, a little bit of meditation when I do yoga. When things are around me are not peaceful, then I'm not peaceful.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's hard. What's your favorite album of all time? I would say Born to
1: Run. By Bruce Springsteen. Why is that? It's just I know it's, it's an awesome. What like <laughs> <is one laughs> are we talking about? It. We're no, talking like, about Born to Run, dude. I know, <laughs> jerk,
0: no, but I meant like, was there something like do you remember? Is there a time in your life where you started listening to that that you really fell in love uh, with that or Bruce I Springsteen? Mean, or or been, since
1: I was very young, it's been, you know, one of my favorites: Thunder Road, Born to Run. Yeah, it's just it's got a bunch of classics on it. It's a, also just a pretty darn perfectly made album.
0: Can we just talk like to wrap it up talk about Patreon and the YouTube stuff?
1: Yeah so uh, our Patreon is that's something we started during the pandemic it was very clear vision to me that we could you know start making content like this that we that nobody else was doing stuff like this um, that we could film ourselves prepping and just put it out there and the people would want to see that um, So that's what we started doing. We've posted a video every week since. Just of something different, either something on our menu or some event or something that we're doing. And it started with recipes and it kind of some of it turned into like vloggy kind of travel stuff. And then the idea was always to kind of use the Patreon to fund the production of that stuff and then get it on YouTube to a larger audience. And then that's essentially marketing for our business that we're getting paid for that also you know and then what ends up happening is like this weekend where there's at least a dozen people in line who when they come up they're just like hey i love what you're doing on youtube oh that's cool videos like i watch them all that like creates like super fans who like you know will travel to austin specifically to see us and like buy everything we put out online and just like Um, you know, it's kind of creating that community that we really, that I was talking about earlier, Patreon, there's a $3 supporters tier. And that just doesn't, I mean, that's just to be a supporter. There's an $8 tier where you can watch all the videos and then there's a $30 tier, which if you subscribe to that tier, you can come like spend a day with us. Basically, um, you know, I'll show you around and kind of answer any questions you have. Um, that's great. So yeah, that's that's the that's the Patreon, and then the YouTube is we're posting one video a week on Patreon and two a week on YouTube to kind of catch up. And then as soon as we do, we'll have probably like a two week or maybe a month like lag time between our uh, Patreon and then the YouTube.
0: Okay, so right now it's like a what three to six month lag time, right, uh, to catch up. Right now
1: we're posting videos from like late twenty one. Um, okay, and we're about so, so we started funny. in January about, you know, first half of this year will be videos from 21, second half of this year will be videos from 22. And then the kind of first half of next year will be videos from
0: 23. And then we'll get uh, caught up. It's great, too, to see the response. I've I I follow you guys on everything, and so it's it's like you're popping up all the time, and I, I do notice it. It seems like new stuff every like so. It is twice a yeah. week. That that's good to know. Yeah, we that's get awesome. kind
1: of two uh, two squeezes out of it, which is nice.
0: Yeah, no, that's huge, and also yeah, and you're getting a different audience for both. It's like it's or a, or yeah. you know maybe there's like a thirty percent overlap, but I think it's yeah. nice because you do get it, and that's why also too like there's when I when some people have been on other like podcasts, but then they come to me. Mine's kind of like a different. Audience, because it's you know, I talk about I don't know mine's a, a different, but also we have there's over, overlap like yeah. about 20 30 percent. And then also, too, with the the school, what's the um, the classes are they starting up again? Or are you going to wait till you're like, uh, so we're
1: going to do one. I think we're going to do one in June, we're going to announce it here pretty soon, and then yeah. we're going to do one in August, okay? Um, so a couple summer sessions, we usually do them twice a year, like summer and winter when it's a little bit slower. Um, But yeah, how much are the classes? Uh, The class for three days is $2,000. So it's a lot. It's a, you know, it's a significant uh, investment, but, you know, you will learn everything that's on our menu uh, as far as the meats go. And then also really the thing, the benefit, main benefit to the class is like the community and the networking, because you know it's three full days with us and with like you know 20 to 30 other people who are really into yeah. barbecue um you know it's also helped uh to like us recruit uh, you know Cole was in the first class and now he's been oh, a master for you know years so
0: yeah. oh that's really cool i didn't know that <laughs> wow yeah covered a, a thousand subjects and yeah. well, at least 21 <laughs> at least 21 subjects i yeah. evan i it's nice to catch up right, well I, have a great day and i'll get this yeah, out you too kevin great you, talking you to you man yeah good talking to you